All right. Hello, everyone. This is National Master, Premier Chess CEO, Evan Rabin, and I am excited to be here on the 99th edition of the Premier Chess Podcast, uh, coming up on our 100th uh, episode next. Uh, stay tuned for our uh, guests for uh, the 100th episode. But today we do have Steve Furman, who is the founder of Etegrity uh, Advisors. Uh, he's been in the technology space for over 40 years now. Uh, he's sold actually a few businesses, uh, but recently he's been, you know, working with, uh, you know, small and medium-sized businesses, uh, you know, helping out uh, with all their technology needs. Uh, we met recently uh, through Esther Deutsch, who was actually on our podcast uh, recently. And uh, it turns out he's actually a student of another one of our podcast guests, uh, Mike Papapavlu, uh, where he's, uh, you know, learning how to unleash his inner rock star on guitar. So uh, there's always, uh, you know, some great connections there. And uh, Steve, it's uh, our pleasure to have you on today. How's everything going? Good, Evan. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Man, I'm feeling old. 40 years. It's crazy. It's been, <laughs> doesn't feel like that long ago, but yeah, it's been. Well, well, well time flies, I guess, when you're having fun, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so, so tell me for one, uh, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do and, uh, you know, just uh, a, a little bit more. So my history is I built and ran an IT company for 32 years. Um, I bought and sold a few in between. I started doing um, cloud backup, which probably wasn't even called the cloud, if I remember correctly, back then in 2003. And I kind of saw the next evolution of cloud, which is kind of what we're doing now, virtual desktops or virtual remote working. <clears throat> and I just, you know, backing up is great. Restoration is always better. But what if you were never had to worry about restoring your data because it was always replicated in multiple locations um, and you had multiple copies of it? So that's where the virtual remote work desktop thing kind of happened. I exited that in 2017. And I really wanted to do something. I took some time off, played a lot of golf, I can't lie. Uh, but I wanted to do something that would really have a huge impact on business owners' lives. And instead of selling IT, what I do is I work with business owners and help them align their technology to meet their business goals. That comes from everything from reading an invoice and realizing that someone's paying $60 more than they should per user per month for managed IT to uh, making sure you have a business disaster recovery and business continuity plan in place. You own your logins and your passwords to your network because you shouldn't be beholden to your IT provider. And everything all the way to working as an outsourced virtual CTO for clients. That's great. And, you know, one thing that I think a lot of businesses, you know, actually struggle with is being able to, you know, do the back end, you know, IT, finance, uh, you know, everything else. Um, I know for one, uh, you know, I'm very good about sales and business development. Um, you know, I actually had someone, you know, reach out to me the other day. Oh, I could help with all your messaging and all of that. And I said, you know what? No, I, I don't need any of that. Uh, I'm very, very good on that department. Uh, you know, what I need help on is, you know, the, what, what, what you don't know, you know, the, the IT and, uh, you know, the back end and, uh, you know, the finance and, uh, you know, all of that. So um, what suggestions do you, I mean, obviously it varies on the company, um, but, you know, for a typical business like myself, you know, that has got off the ground, uh, you know, three and a half years ago is, 
fairly successful, but, uh, you know, we're certainly not, uh, you know, thinking too much about IT on a, on a daily basis. Uh, what, what, what kind of suggestions do you have for a typical, you know, growing, uh, and by the way, I, I hate the term small businesses, actually, you know, it's growing businesses. Uh, this small is businesses are 90, it's, I think it's 80% of the, of the businesses in the, in the world are small businesses. So we, we are the masses. No, and, and, and it's totally true. I, I just, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's just how you say it, right? But I'm not a big fan of the term. You know, we're all growing. You know, Amazon was once a small business. Uh, but right. obviously, you know, Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, didn't, didn't view it as a small business. But, yes, it absolutely was at its home. Uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, you know, definitely had a small business technically in his uh, Harvard dorm room. Uh, in fact, my good friend Ari Hassett is his Harvard roommate. <laughs> uh, you know, so, you know, it definitely was a small business then. But, you know, he, he had big envisions. So uh, that's why it's, uh, you know, growing businesses. Um, and, and, and I'm sure that's, you know, who, who you deal with sometimes, right? Businesses that, um, you know, can't necessarily afford a full-time uh, you know, CTO, but, you know, could use someone like you. So, so, so anyway, what, 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 what types of advice do you have for, you know, growing businesses? In people general? should do what they're good at and let other people do what they're good at. So I always say, I don't need to be the smartest man in the room. I need to surround myself with people smarter than me and let them do what they're good at. Cause people that do what they love doing never work a day in their life. They'll do it tirelessly because it's something they just love and enjoy doing. So for instance, it doesn't mean, you know, and, and I won't use the term small business, but, you know, any size business doesn't mean you have to have a whole army of people around you to get things done. Some things you might have the talent inside that can do it. But where you don't have that talent, you should leverage someone else that will do it for you a lot faster, a lot more efficiently, a lot more productively, um, all the way to include using things like multi-factor authentication, um, having an, outs an outside firm maybe do a security check on your network to make sure that you don't have any holes in it. Because people are always saying, well, it's not going to happen to me. I'm a little business. I'm nobody. But what they don't know is hackers and thieves don't even know who you are, your company name. They know you as an IP address. And they just scan the network going through addresses. And when a door is open or somewhere they can get in, they put a recording. You know, They record that information and a bot goes out and then tests and starts hitting all your ports to see where they can sneak in and get your information. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is do what you're good at. <clears throat> do what you love doing. Yeah. Have a passion. <laughs> Well, I will say that's, that's absolutely crucial, you know, and by the way, even if you are capable of doing it, right, you got to, you know, it's, it's sometimes we get, we get cheap, you know, we don't want to hire someone. Um, you know, there are times where, you know, I didn't want to hire someone even to teach a class when I knew I could do it, but really, no, I shouldn't be doing that. Why? Because I should be doing operations. Um, so, you know, it was great. You know, I was in and out of our virtual camp this morning. Um, I did teach a little bit for like a few minutes, uh, but at the end of the day, no, I was doing everything else that, uh, you know, like operations, newsletter, et cetera, uh, getting ready for this, you know, while my instructor was doing what he's good at, which is, you know, instructing. So I, I think that's, uh, you know, an important point. Um, one thing that I think is also significant to talk about when it comes to, you know, IT uh, by the way, I, I did also work at Rapid7 selling data security uh, for five year, for a, a year uh, before I was at Oracle for, for three years. So I definitely know, uh, you know, what it is like and, um, you know, kind of like in chess, actually, you need to, you know, be preemptive 
um, you know, it's very, very easy to start saying, oh, my opponent is attacking. I need to start, you know, defending. Uh, but, of course, uh, you know, sometimes when it's too late, it's too late. You know, yeah, well, you don't want to get I, caught with it, with it being too late. You want to be proactive always. Right. So, you know, very, very often, I'll, you know, my student will be in a position and I'll be like, oh, what do I do here? Well, I was like, well, to be honest, no matter what you do, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but, you know, and it's the same thing, you know, you, 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 it might be cheaper not to put, you know, security solutions into place. Uh, but, of course, it's, you know, a lot more expensive to deal with a breach. Right? Yeah, and, so, and I'm, a, I'm a big layered approach guy. So and I, I like this analogy because I think it really chimes into a layered approach. But if you're a car thief, where are you going to go to steal a car? Probably a parking lot <laughs> or a car lot, somewhere where there's lots of opportunity, lots of cars, right? And if you walk by right. and you see that there's a, a, you know, a bar on the steering wheel and the red light's flashing because they got an alarm in there, you're probably going to walk away to the next car. So there's one or two layers right there. If they see the windows open... Now they're going to maybe try and touch the handle and see if the door opens and maybe find the keys inside. Same thing with, with, with security. You need to have firewall. You should, and, and that goes for everyone. If you're at home or in the office, um, firewalls are necessary. And a lot of your connectivity modems and um, uh, whatever type of internet connectivity you have have built-in software or soft firewalls, they're called. But you should always have a firewall. That should be locked down pretty tight. Only to open up the things you need. Antivirus, anti-malware, spyware protection is huge. Ad blocker software that is something else that you really should have. So the more layers, they're going to get tired of trying and hopefully go on to somebody else. Absolutely. And I, and I know, you know, I mean, firewall is the beginning, right? Um, you know, it, it doesn't obviously prevent everything. And, you know, that's why when I was at Rapid7, right, we learned about, you know, the full technology stack, uh, you know, in security. Right, so you have your pens testing, you have your vulnerability scanner, your firewall, um, you know, and, and everything else. So, um, so, so let me ask you. I mean, obviously, you know, businesses should ideally sort of have everything, uh, but if there's like one or two things that are like kind of the most important to you when it comes to security for you know a growing business, what what would you say those would be? Well, one of them no one's going to like, but that's change your passwords every 30 to 45 days. But no one likes that because it's a pain in the rear end. I suggest using a password keeper like LastPass or Keeper is another one if that's an issue. But one of my biggies is MFA or what's known as multi-factor authentication. The way multi-factor works is, you know, when you go onto a site and you log in and it sends you a code to your cell phone? You know, Absolutely. Okay, well the odds are not anybody else has your same phone number because it's a separate IMEI number. So everyone has their own. It's a unique number. So the idea of doing that is that's just a way to validate it's you. The reality is that someone can scam or clone your phone and grab that number. So there's third-party apps like Authenticator or uh, Microsoft has an Authenticator as well that has a rolling, changing passcode that's synced up to you. So when you go into a site, use a third-party median or another way to get the info, like on your phone with a Google Authenticator, for instance. And that gives you a code that lasts for, I think, 12 or 15 seconds. As long as you log in within that time, you get into the site. So I'm a big proponent of don't make it easy for the crooks. They're coming up with new stuff all the time, and they're going to keep trying to get your information and steal your identity. You need to make it hard for them. And MFA or multi-factor authentication is one of the best ways to go to do that. Amazing. Changing, and changing your password, which is a pain in the rear end, I can't lie, but it's good. 
and, and, and I would say too, a lot of it is the security awareness too. You know, yeah. I was actually working, you know, um, you know, like recently, right? There's just so many things that, uh, you know, people don't, don't realize. Um, so I, I actually at Rapid7 worked in the K-12 uh, and SLED spaces, state, local, and education. Um, and a lot of what we actually, you know, sold to schools was our security awareness training. Um, yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, letting people know, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I was going to tell you one more thing, too, for, uh, for the consumers or really anyone. Um, you should have a separate like Gmail or Yahoo or pick your flavor of no name brand free email account for online shopping. Never use your business mm. account for it because that's how the spam and the spyware and the adware comes into you from you start buying things online. And everyone's so busy in this fast paced world, especially now with COVID. We're all locked at home. We're online all the time. So what are we doing? We're just clicking yes, except without even reading what the message is. It's probably telling you, hey, you're going to authorize this account to take your information and use it elsewhere. So mm. you absolutely should have a, what I call a personal account that you use for buying things online. Absolutely. Or just in general too, right? For, I mean, it's also, it's a professional thing, you know, yep. um, you know, I do have my, you know, primarily my, my business email for, you know, my business work and then, you know, personal email for other stuff. Um, yep. And then another one specifically for ads and online shopping, et cetera. So, um, so I wanted to, to move on a little bit. Part of the reason I, I wanted you on was not just to talk about, you know, security and, uh, you know, other parts of IT, uh, but also just to have you on as, you know, a perennial entrepreneur. You know, you've sold a couple of businesses now. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we actually had Eric Mendelson, a business broker, uh, on the podcast, and he actually talked a lot about, um, you know, just ways businesses could be. Uh, planning ahead to, you know, eventually sell their businesses and, and be, you know, lucrative. Um, what suggestions do you have for entrepreneurs in general uh, for, A, growing their business, but B, also, you know, making it, uh, you know, potentially able to be sold one day? So I'm sure Eric gave you a lot of good stuff, and hopefully that won't be too redundant. But the first thing is you need to plan. If you fail to plan, you could plan to fail. So have your strategy Benjamin Franklin planned. quote that I say all the time. It's true. <laughs> have your strategy planned out. If you plan to have a five-year exit, then make it a five-year plan. Um, you want to get your EBITDA, which is earnings before taxes, income, and, and adjustments um, high, which is basically the money that you retain. So you want to get your retainings up. You would need to be profitable. Obviously, you want to be profitable, but there's a lot of people, and I hate the small word, with businesses that will run a lot of their personal expenses through their business. And that's great while you're an owner of that business, but once you go away, you know that, that, that's not going to be happening. So you need to really plan for the amount of income you're going to get out of the business so it covers what you've been taking out on top of your salary if you're taking a salary. I would highly recommend you take a salary. You know, it's the best way. Well, talk, check with your accountant. For me personally, it always made sense to take a salary and not a job because I get the taxes taken out. And basically, whoever's looking to buy your business will know exactly how much money is going to be there when you go away. You're not paying you that big salary anymore. So that helps your even and raise, raises everything up as well. Um, other than that, um, processes and procedures, huge. Um, if I look at two mm -hmm. businesses to buy in, I built my IT company. I 
I, I then created my, my backup business, which I sold in 2013. I bought Cloud Nation. I built an internet cafe and went up and down in 99 to 2000. But so through all my businesses and things that I've done, um, you know, having my, my documented process of how I do what I do so the business ran without me is what made it so much more attractive. Because, you know, mm. most business solo, solopreneurs or business owners, the business really is them. And while that's great, you need to make it where you don't have to be there. It runs 100% on its own, and that makes it a lot more attractive to uh, potential buyers. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely raised a very important point. Um, actually, my good friend, John Antoine Nobert, who also was actually on the podcast as a painter. And, you know, one thing he actually spoke about to me a couple months ago was, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, but you can't walk away from your business for a week and have it run smoothly. Well, you're you're, you're an employee to your own business. You're not an yep. entrepreneur. So true. Um, which you know to me was you know significant. Um, you know it's great now. I'm traveling. I'm coming back from Boston today, um, and you know we have our virtual camp running. It's okay. It's great. Um, yeah, I popped in and out this morning. You know mostly because I like to say hello and I like to show my face, but. Uh, it is important to be able to, you know, run away for a week and everything is fine. You know, I went to Italy last November for a week. You know, I checked in every now and then, but the most part was on my own. So, um, yeah, I mean, those, yeah. I was going to say, my employees actually had it to where they would schedule me out on the road either to play golf or have appointments with people. They would just schedule me out of the office because they got so much more work done when I wasn't there. And my true test to know that I had kind of made it to that level of it runs itself. I went on a cruise for 10 days without my cell phone. And that was the wow. telltale, man, I was freaking, I, you know, just to get one day off and not have to be involved, it's scary, but imagine 10 days with no phone. So that was pretty cool. I came back and everything was running fine. Actually, we picked up three new clients. So <laughs> they were like, we're going to wow. schedule you out more often. And that really worked out well for me. And, and, and I will say a lot of that is just mindset. You know, my, my good friend, Brian Winston, uh, you know, who's a business coach, uh, you know, I remember the first time I, I met with him kind of informally, we were talking and, uh, you know, he basically told me, uh, you know, like, why are you working all these crazy hours? You know, why are you working, you know, seven to 10 every day? And I said, I have to, I'm the only person around. I, you know, I, at the time I didn't have any operations people and I, you know, I truly felt like I needed to, you know, and he said like, no, you don't have to. Like you want to do this, maybe, but you definitely don't have to. Um, so it really is all mindset. You know, truth of the matter is, even yesterday I was at, you know, Cape Cod and I was, you know, looking at some emails and I was like to respond to them now. And then I, I, I just asked myself again, Ash, I was like, do I really need to or do I just, nope. you know, am I just a little bit worried? Oh, of course I didn't need to. You know, I could avoid it until, you know, later last night when I was on the ferry back and I did that and I, and I, and I felt great. You know, so it's important to, uh, you know, just have that, you know, correct mindset as well. Uh, even you if, know, even if you get 80%, I was going to say, excuse me, but even if you get 80% out of an employee that doesn't do the 100% you would, that's still 80% more work and you're off doing more visionary things, things you should be doing working on your business, not in your business. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, 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 and that's, you know, a really important point. So, Speaking of which, I mean, this is actually a good transition to, to really actually the last topic I wanted to, you know, discuss, which is, 
one thing that you know I think is unique about yourself is you obviously yes have the work-life balance. You took that cruise for ten days, something that you know a lot of people wouldn't do. Um, you know, and if they did, they'd be you know extremely nervous. Um, you know, I I was actually like a little jealous last night, for instance. When you know people were like, "Oh, it's so nice to get like the day off," and I was just like, "Well, I took the day off, but it's not like I got paid to be off today, <laughs> you know." But like my, you know, so you know, and but at the same time, it was like, you know, they were running back last night and they were like so stressed about getting to work on time this morning, and I was just like, eh. "Whenever we get back, it's fine." <laughs> Yep. You know, and then we got back to Boston, and I, I went out, and they, you know, went to sleep. So, um, but to, to the, the, the point is, you know, you obviously, you know, have that, you know, pretty good work-life balance, relatively, anyway. Um, you've been taking, you know, guitar lessons with Mike Papapavlu, guitar guy guru. Yes, I uh, am. And, you know, maybe we'll get you, uh, you know, into chess one day as well. It'll be my pleasure to give you uh, a, a lesson. Uh, but, but tell us what... What, what drives you to, you know, learn guitar and other things and, uh, you know, constantly improve on the personal side? So um, being a Marine, I've always been um, competitive, but more, not necessarily against other people, but more with myself, trying to better myself. It's just I always want to do better. I want to be better. Um, and I actually lead singer in a rock band. I play a little harmonica, but I never really was able to play guitar or change keys, you know, the chords fast enough. So... When I was 50, I'm 59, when I was 50, my wife got me guitar lessons, and I went for a little while, and then I got busy with life, and, you know, things happen. And I joined this band, and I was like, you know, if we only had a rhythm guitarist, another one to help out the lead guy and give him a break, that'd be awesome. So I started mm -hmm. taking lessons with Mike, and, and we've had four, my fifth ones this week. I can do things now that I couldn't do way before. He's built my confidence up, and personally, I just love improving. I just want to be better. I want to be a better me, a better version of me if I could do that. I love it. Personal growth is important, right? If we're not growing, we're not, you know, living. Yep. Um, and Mike, by the way, you know, also got me into guitar. You know, I, I took guitar lessons back in high school. Um, you know, I've been always meaning to get back into it. But then, you know, in the last two years, Mike and I have become very good friends. I taught him a little bit of chess as well. And um, you know, we're also obviously, you know, big referral partners in education as well. Um, but, uh, you know, just like, Hey, like I have this really good friend who wants to teach me guitar. Like, why not? You know, um, and, uh, no, he speaks and, and, and highly of you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I, I speak, you know, highly of him as well. And, um, you know, he's he, he's a great guy. And, um, and, and he also has a similar approach to me. Uh, as long as long as our I'm sure he mentioned our other mutual friend Michael Deutsch of hands on hoop skills who is also on our podcast uh, as well as our hot or a phone kid yoga who is also on our podcast the reason I bring up all these people you know not to just you know name drop a bunch of people but we, we know we all have this integrative approach to education uh, where it's not just you know about the things that we teach um, but it's using these for all the transferable skills and creating energy and, and inspiring others. Um, you know, we also talked about that with Bielka, who's a voice coach, who, by the way, Michael uh, Papapavlu, uh, you know, introduced me to, right? So it's all about motivation. That's all it is, right? It's, it's yep. using these as vehicles to, you know, drive our motivation and just keep going. So um, yep. anyway, really, it was a, a pleasure 
talking to you, learning a little bit more about uh, your your IT and security practice and the ways that you you know help businesses and uh, preemptive measures, uh, you know typical uh, tips for uh, growing businesses. Uh, but then also talking uh, a little bit more about entrepreneurship and you know how you should grow a business uh, and build uh, you know protocols. Uh, but then also on the personal front, uh, you know, talking about how you uh, constantly uh, improve and, and create that work-life balance for you and, uh, you know, continue to be uh, motivated. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, the only thing I would say is um, just believe. I, I have a funny saying, it's believe in Steve. What I really mean is believe in yourself. <laughs> and it did happen to rhyme, but the reality is, everybody out there has some unique abilities and you have to just believe in yourself and capitalize on them and use them to your advantage. You know, just don't give up. Keep on trucking, man. Keep on trucking. Well, I don't know about you, but I am a Grateful Dead fan. So keep on trucking all day long. Uh, absolutely. Um, what a long train trip it's been, but it's yes. continuing. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I want to thank you very much, Evan, for having me. I really do appreciate it. No, my, my absolute sincere pleasure. So uh, the last question I always ask here, Steve, if anyone wants to reach you, learn more about Integrity Business Advisors um, or your you know IT uh, services, uh, what would be the best way to reach you? Uh, easiest way would just be to go to Integrity. That's E-T-E-G-R-I-T-Y dot net. And uh, you can contact us there. Our blog is there, who we are, what we do client testimonials, everything is really there. So let's go to our website. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time, Steve. Have a great day. Thank you very much.